So welcome to podcast number five of the Decent Rowing Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about boat speed and what it takes to move the boat uh, effectively. And uh, Ken's got four things that he thinks are really important, four topics, and we're going to go through them. The first one is the catch, then power application, and not doing things to slow the boat down is number three, and number four is consistency in training. So let's get stuck in with the catch. The catch. In my experience, this is the area where most athletes will fall down. If you're looking to get boat speed, then clearly it's about having the blade in the water, applying the power, and making the boat move. If the boat, if you haven't got the blade in the water and it's not well connected, then we're clearly not going to get any movement in the boat. So critically, is getting the catch in is making sure that when you put the blade in the water, you put it in and you don't apply any power at all until that blade's in the water quite deep and well connected. As soon as you start to move the seat with power on before the blade's in the water, then you're going to find that you're getting slip and you end up with uh, the blade being rowed into the water and you can't apply power correctly to the boat if the blade's not well connected. So the critical thing is getting the blade in. And the easiest way to do it, in my mind, is to, when you come to the catch, make sure that you lift the hand hands up to put the blade in and whilst the blade's entering the water, your body's going to have to move a little bit. And by body, I essentially mean seat. And so you want your seat to move slightly as the blade's getting covered because the boat's moving forward. So the blade starts to go in, the seat has to move a little bit, otherwise you're going to be checking the boat, and, but you don't actually apply the power until the blade's buried. So the difficulty with this for a lot of athletes is that we often ask them to come into the catch in a, in a reasonably controlled, steady fashion. And then w when they get to the catch, we want them to have a really quick movement with the hands to put the blade in and then immediately after that quick movement or while that quick movement's happening, we want them to then be a little bit patient while they wait for the seat to move and the blade to get buried, and then we want them to apply the power. So when you consider that a catch probably takes somewhere less than about a quarter of a second, certainly less than half a second, depending on the athlete, then that's a lot to do in a very short period of time. So from an athlete perspective, it can be quite a challenge to get that bit right. But if we get it right, then you're halfway there. So athlete-wise, Lachlan, how does it feel when you come into the catch? So with the catch, I think the most important thing when, you, when you're rowing and coming into the catch is anticipating it, so anticipating the catch. Uh, you really have to know what you're going to do before you get there because once you get there, as Ken said, it's all over very quickly. And if you're not ready to do the right sequence of movements, you can run into trouble. So especially when coming into the catch, I'm always thinking about lifting my hands up and placing the blade almost at the furthest point. As Ken said, you have to, the seat has to move back a little bit just to get the blade in the water, but you really want that to be as small as possible and get the blade in the water quickly as possible and connected. And by connection, we mean applying power. So a lot of athletes who don't row very quickly, they will struggle to get the blade in the water, whether it be uh, missing a whole heap of water at the catch by skying the blade, so putting it up in the air, and then not getting it buried before, before say even three quarter or half slide. You really wanna get the blade buried as far out as possible to get the longest possible stroke, and then apply your power as quickly as possible after that. Yeah, you, you'll find a lot of people talk about um, how you put the blade in, and 
how quickly you can put the blade in. The reality is that most athletes slow at the blade going in. If you have an athlete sit at the catch in a balanced boat and ask them to just let the handle go, or a different way of describing it I would say is, is put the blade in, but try and have your hand leave the blade as it goes in, so your hand's moving up quicker than the blade's, blade handle's going up. And you'll find that people are a bit amazed at how quickly that blade actually goes in the water. It's when they put their hand on it that they slow it down. So focusing on that first bit, putting the blade in, it's really as quick as you can, but don't apply any power. It's a really difficult skill to, to learn to let the blade go in and then let your seat move a little bit before you put the power on. Yeah, to a lot of athletes, it's gonna feel like getting to the catch, stopping briefly, putting the blade in the water, and then applying the legs. And that's not what we want you to do, but when you get to the catch and you try it, you'll probably get the best outcome if you think of it a bit like that. You don't, you really wanna get the blade in the water before you push. Although it's you know technically uh, impossible to do that because the boat's moving, uh, that's, probably what you should be thinking about when you're going into the catch. I find it's handy to, to describe it as up and push. So you have to have the hands go up first and then push, and they're consciously two separate movements. If yep. you try and combine them into one movement, you'll find you get that slippage. So up with the hands, then up push with, with the legs. Absolutely. And for me, it's especially harder whenever I try and put the blade in with the hands, I uh, usually lift my shoulders at the same time. I'm trying not to do that. So I wanna lift my hands, pivot at the shoulders, but not lift up and backwards with the shoulders when I'm trying to get that catch in quickly. Yeah, very important. And, and in my experience, the hardest part of the rowing stroke to get right is, is getting that blade in before the push. The other thing that's a bit of an issue with a lot of athletes, particularly if they're rowing in a single scale, is that they're quite nervous about being out the front. So when you're at the catch position, that's when you feel quite unstable and it's a bit of a scary moment until you get used to it. And so I'd suggest practice sitting out the front uh, and getting used to that sensation so that then you don't actually feel in such a rush to get out of the front. Yeah, I'd suggest only doing that in a boat that's balanced uh, with an athlete. Otherwise, you're likely to make them more scared <laughs> at the catch <laughs> true. Than, than less scared. So if you try and do that in a single with a beginner athlete, you know, if they don't go swimming, they'll feel like they're going to. And they'll associate being at the catch with being extremely tense. And so they're going to have a, a hard time getting that blade in the water when they're actually rowing along. Yeah. Uh, bearing in mind, too, that when you're rowing along, it's a lot easier and it's a lot less scary to put the blade in at the catch than it is if you're stationary. So, you know, perhaps if you're in a single, maybe try and get that relaxed feeling at a, at a slow speed um, as opposed to fully stationary. Yeah, because but, um, yeah, if you can set it up, the boat, the boat will help take away that fear. Yeah. I mean, some people will be fearless at the catch, but you'll find probably 90% of people will just get more tense and you'll probably have the, the opposite effect. Yeah. And so in order to get the best catch, of course, you've got to be relaxed at the catch. And so being relaxed and scared at the same time is a really difficult thing to do. So, so you've just got to practice that. I'd suggest starting a quad, have one person sit out so the boat's balanced, have the boat moving because it's, a, it's, uh, it's more stable that way, and have the, the other remaining three athletes come into the catch and get them to pause just momentarily and then consciously think about hands up, then push with the legs. 
make sure it's not shoulders, so it's hands up, push with the legs. So up and push, I think is a, a good way of describing it for a lot of athletes. So the catch, absolutely critical. If the blade's not in the water, the boat's not gonna move at all. So get the catch in and save your leg drive for when you're connected. So yeah, well, we've sort of talked about the catch now, but the catch, uh, like the number one most important thing for boat speed really rolls into number two, which is power application. The two are almost indistinguishable, but they can be talked about separately and I think we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. Power application, there's a few different schools of thought as to when the power should be applied. And I remember watching an Olympics uh, sing, uh, women's single final uh, in Rio and you could, it was quite clear that the, the two leading athletes or two of the three leading athletes had essentially quite different styles in that the, one of the athletes was getting connected and then uh, pretty much immediately starting to open up with the body once they were connected and the other athlete uh, would get connected and then mostly leg drive and then open up later in the rowing stroke. Which goes to show essentially that um, both can work very well. <coughs> and the key probably in that scenario is they both got well connected at the catch Critical. And they both have big engines, like good fitness. Um, so once the blade's in the water, uh, what they do after that is of less significance than some people might think. Yeah. So, but what they would have been doing is applying that power quickly, consistently mm. throughout the stroke. In both cases, no matter what sequence their legs and body moved in. Yeah, essentially, and so the critical part about that really is get the bookends right, as I think Drew Jin described to me on one occasion, and that's making sure you get the catch in correctly and you hold the blade in right the way through to the finish. If you do that and the blade's connected all the way through, then applying the power, the main thing to watch for in power application is to make sure you don't tear at the water. And by, what, by that I mean applying too much power at a particular phase of the stroke compared to the boat speed because if you do, then you're going to be tearing at the water, odd term, but it means essentially pulling the blade through the water because you can't accelerate the boat at the same speed that you're trying to apply the force. So the tearing uh, when, you're, when you're rowing along will be uh, the, a lot of air getting caught behind the blade. So you're basically trying to force the blade through the water quicker than it would naturally go. And you waste a lot of energy doing this, which you should be, using later on in say the race or the rowing piece. You or even have, that stroke. Or even that stroke. So yeah. you don't want to overload your muscles. You really have to, um, yeah, as Ken said, move with the speed of the boat. And that includes pushing with the speed of the boat as well. It's, yeah. a, it's an interesting feeling, but you really have to get that sort of touch to, to get a, a good efficient rowing stroke. It's important to be able to feel what the boat's doing and different boats are quite different. In a single skull, it slows down a lot between strokes. And so if you try and apply too much power right at the catch, so for example, you can get connected, get well connected, and then you can put an enormous amount of power in if you really try hard and use every muscle you've got. But what's going to happen is you're not going to actually improve the boat speed because the boat's just not going to accelerate that quickly. Whereas if you're in an eight, especially a fast eight, a strong eight, then you'll find that you need to be able to apply the power very quickly because uh, the boat's going a lot faster. And so it doesn't slow down as much, so therefore you don't need to be as, as careful with, with slip. But in a single, uh, you need to get that feel and get that feel for the boat. 
and Lachlan, I imagine you've, in the past, uh, you've had times when you were rowing and that feel, uh, you, you couldn't quite determine what was there, so you apply the power and you get this air behind the blade and you get this slippage and you just, well, you're working really hard, but you're just not going fast enough. Yeah, it, it almost feels like you're trying, you are trying your hardest when you're doing that, but you'll, you'll notice that when you're rowing like that, as you said, the boat isn't going as fast as it maybe should be, and you might think, oh, well, I should be going faster than I am compared to, say, another rower that you always row with. And uh, just that, that conscious uh, thought of burying the blade maybe a little bit deeper, uh, applying the power a bit more smoothly can really increase your boat speed and it will feel like the boat's running more as well so um so yeah it's it's a really good feeling when you get it um but some yeah you really have to fight the temptation to just pull as hard as you can you know rip that blade through the water you really have to sort of accelerate it with the, the speed the boat's moving and the speed that the water's going past the boat yeah. so you want to pick up the the boat and accelerate it right the way through the stroke with an even application of power. Yeah, so con consistent weight on the handles, I've heard um, heard some people describe it as. So you, and once you place the blade, get the power on, you want to feel that same pressure on the hands, on the handles, all the way to the finish. Mm. And so by the nature of the rowing stroke, uh, you'll, because it's got different gearing at different points, that will all sort of come out in the wash. You'll, you'll end up with a, a good sort of stroke. You know, feel heavier at the catch, but the blade isn't moving as fast. And if you mm. keep that same pressure through the square off position, which is the most efficient part of the rowing stroke, then you'll, uh, you'll make the boat move nice and smoothly and you won't be ripping at that water. Yeah. And uh, the other day I was helping analyze a video of, a, of an athlete online and the it was quite clear that because the power connection wasn't there at the start and the power wasn't applied you know, at the beginning of the stroke, then the end of the stroke required the athlete to really pull on that handle. And so you could see this, this um, uh, effort at the end of the stroke. Now, the reason why that effort was there was because the boat wasn't, uh, power wasn't applied early enough in the stroke because the blade wasn't in the water. So if you, if you apply the power at the right time early in the stroke, then you'll find that the arms don't actually increase the boat speed very much. Well, they, they never increase the boat speed very much, and that's the, the cold truth of it, really. So <laughs> not if, if you enough. don't use your legs and just rely on your arms and body, you're really wasting you know, over half of your, your rowing stroke. You're really limiting your potential. So, Absolutely. So and you can still use those body and arms at the finish, but you have to make sure those legs are engaged quickly and consistently, otherwise yeah. you'll, you'll be doing yourself a disservice. Absolutely, and so the, the legs are, are, are vital, the, using the pelvis is vital, so using that large, it's the largest joint in the body, the pelvis, and it's got a lot of power embedded in it. And, but then what the arm's purpose essentially is to maintain that speed once you've got it. And so the idea is to get well connected, accelerate the boat with an arm's-body combination, and not shoulders, it's an arms-body combination, and then the arms and the shoulders essentially finish the stroke off by maintaining the boat speed. If you find that you're having to sort of pull the boat and tug the boat at the end of the stroke, then that's a fair indication that you're not applying the power of the bigger muscles earlier in the stroke. And so if you don't get the catch in, then clearly you're going to run out of space to be able to use the big muscles because yours just not in the water. Uh, but if you've got the blade well connected and you find you're still having to wrench the finish to try and 
finish the boat off, then what I'd suggest you do is apply the power earlier. Yeah, and the, uh, the arms and body will be quite quick movements if you have the legs applied quickly. So by, by, by applying the leg power quickly and consistently, you've done a lot of the work for the body and arms. And because they're much better at, uh, at quick movements, your arms are by far the best muscles in your body for a quick movement uh, in the rowing stroke. And so they can do what they do best if you apply the legs uh, legs at the catch properly. They'll, they'll have their sort of slow, slow burn, slow power getting where the stroke is the heaviest. And then at the finish, where you really need quick and fast muscles to be working, you wanna have those hands coming in and out quickly at the finish, doing what they're good at, and save the, the slow moving down the slide at the, at the first, uh, first quarter or half of the stroke for the legs, which yeah. they're designed to do. Absolutely. And the, the concept, my preferred way of rowing, is to have the body open up against the legs. So by that I mean get connected, and then apply the power initially with the legs, but as soon as the legs have started to apply, I'd start applying the, the body. Now, some people coach differently from that. So what you're talking about is start to open up the body at the catch. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. as the legs are pushing, you start to open up that body yeah. angle. Absolutely. Just a bit. Yeah. yeah, but it's not about a shoulder lift because that's very much not what we're wanting. It's more, I'd describe it as uncurling the body. So the body's in that curled over position at the catch, so you put the blade in, get connected, apply the power on the legs, and then uncurl the body against the legs. With some athletes, I describe it as trying to push your, your seat back down towards your feet with your body. So you've got your legs pushing the seat towards the bow, and you've got your body trying to push your seat to the stern. And if you apply them both at the same time, then you get a very powerful, uh, middle part of the, uh, the power drive there as the blade's approaching being perpendicular to the boat. Yeah. But then if you feel that your arms are doing a lot of work, then that probably means that the legs and body aren't doing a lot of work. And, uh, and so the other school of thought, I guess, but they're almost the same, is pushing with the legs first, keeping the body in a braced position, so not letting the, the butt shoot out, keeping that angle of the body the same, uh, you know, until maybe uh, half slide or you know three quarter to half slide then you start to open the body but they're essentially very similar uh, and what Ken's talking about when he's talking about opening the body early is just guaranteeing that you're not shooting that butt out and losing that connection at the catch mm. and you know as we've highlighted uh, the connection at the catch is very important so uh, especially with beginner athletes there'll be a tendency to want to if you say push with the legs first the, their body angle will change, like they'll sort of pancake a little bit, like the, the, you know, the, their shoulders will drop, their butt will shoot out, they won't have connection, they won't have power. Mm. So a good way to get around that is just to tell them to open up the body at the catch. We're talking about very small differences in stroke here, and as Ken said earlier, at a world, world level, it's, uh, it, they, they, can, uh, they can have very similar results. So it's, it's not one is necessarily better than the other. They're both very similar. They're just um, just a little bit different. I think different people respond better to each each instruction. I'm sure if, if those two athletes I was talking about, if they decided one day to swap their technique, I think they'd find they'd both go slower. Yeah. And so I think it's important to, to judge it for the athlete and, and experiment and see what works for you. The, the critical step, I think, though, is be 
careful when you're coaching beginner athletes in opening the body against the legs because quite often we misinterpret it as shoulder lift and so they'll start to lift their shoulders rather than uncurl the body pushing against the legs. So generally I would advocate teaching uh, children and beginners to row essentially with legs then body and only when they get more experience would I introduce the concept of legs and body. Uh, but work with it and it depends of course on the athlete and uh, how well they learn and a number of other factors. So I think the critical thing about power application is make sure that it's consistent, it's smooth, it's sequential and it's designed to accelerate the boat. I think they're the critical aspects and be mindful of different types of boat with different needs. So in this podcast we've talked about uh, the things that make the boat go quickly. So we're talking in this, this one about catch and the power application. For, uh, for our next podcast, we'll be talking about uh, how you don't want to do things to slow the boat down and also consistency in training, both equally important uh, for increasing boat speed. So if, uh, if you found this useful, uh, please subscribe to our channel as it really helps. And if you want some of our, our better information, we save it for our uh, Save it for our email list. So if you head over to decentrowing.com, you can sign up. It's free to join up. And we'll make sure we send out uh, good quality rowing, rowing videos and information uh, when you head over. And of course, you can unsubscribe at any time. Yep. Yeah, no, no, no pressure. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it really helps us out and helps us get our message out. And, you know, that's what we're all about. So thanks for listening. See you next time.